And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello to everyone. It is once again the Weighing In Podcast and still the greatest podcast. Well, I'll let other people say that. But yes, we are the best there is out there when talking about MMA. Who's that? I think Joe's got us beat, buddy. Joe Rogan. Yeah. I think he's got us beat. <laughs> he's a nobody. He's, 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 he's now a doctor. Right. He's now a doctor. Well, that's awesome. I thought it was the funniest <laughs> shit the ever. Best. I was going to duck him into the it comes out, Dr. Joe Rogan. I, love it. I thought it was fuck. It was, it was awesome. So we're here okay. to talk about the happenings yeah, of right, what occurred no. this week with MMA, especially Bellator and the UFC. Rob Fawn against Jose Aldo, who is just having a second coming of the, his career amazing in the bantamweight division he can stay with guys and do what he does pretty impressive so credible win by sergio pettis against Kyoji horiguchi and bellator what a knockout unbelievable what a change of events how are you feeling you flew all the way back i flew all the way back we haven't had any sleep life is fantastic <laughs> Um, you know, I feel actually not too bad this time. I got a pretty good sleep on the way back. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I think really what it's come down to, John, I've learned that when I'm feeling really tired, it's probably best to upgrade. <laughs> you know, I can sleep. I can sleep in coach. I can sleep in comfort plus. I can sleep, you know, you, but you put me in first class. I mean, I'll be obviously before we get out of the gate. I'm just knocked out. Like the lady, the, the, the stewards, they don't even bother me. That's how fast I am. And today I had a hoodie on with my hat on, put down over my eyes. My mask was up to my nose and I was just neck roll pillow out. And I have little <laughs> things on the side too, from the, from the plane. And I was knocked. Do out. not disturb signs all around you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. This the, my I, on the long flight from Detroit to San Francisco, the guy was being a total the guy next to me. Yeah, I think you're in the wrong seat. I was like, oh, normally like the D is kind of because in some of the planes, the D is the the aisle. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe in maybe the newer ones, it goes back to D being the um, <clears throat> D ends up being the uh, the window. But in first class, D was the window this time. So I don't know what it was. Anyways, but he's like, yeah, I think you're in my seat. I was like, well, do you want the window? And uh, I was like, I don't mind, you know, taking the window or whatever. He's like, oh no, I'll take my seat. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. I just want to say, why is it that we go all this time, all this way, no sleep, but our producer podcast, Dave, mm -hmm. is racked out. We have to wake him up. What is yeah, going on? We're texting him, calling him. I mean, I even had to call him to get Dave. him to wake up. Sleeping on the job. Shake. She she gave him a shake and said, get up, get up, babe. They're waiting for you. Get up. You're actually <laughs> supposed to work for a living. My oh, God. I love no it. Comment. Then he tries to right, put well, it off on his kid, too. That's oh, the worst. That. that was horrible. See, I can I can bet though. I think what it was is his son probably did wake up and he probably went and tried to get him back to sleep and he fell asleep next to he him. He fell asleep in his bed. I can bed. understand that. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> All right, well, right, let's uh, let's get this or thing on the floor by get, his bed. Let's get this thing started. All right, so uh we're going to talk about a couple of the prelims for the for Bellator, but then we're going to jump probably right into the main card. The reason why we're going to talk about some of the prelims is there was a couple good fights. That uh, we deserve, I feel like deserve some uh, some mentions, man. Kyle Crutchmere, Oliver Encamp, 
It was a dog dirty fight by both of them. Oliver just yeah. kept getting taken down, but he kept attacking and attacking. He had a couple that were pretty damn close, John. The Kimura oh, was yeah. kind of close. He had that he had that inverted triangle in the first round that was kind of yep. close. Twice. There were some moments there where I was thinking, man, this this could be because Kyle hadn't really broke a sweat just yet. But overall, at the end of the whole thing, Kyle Kutcher's wrestling. His ability to escape submissions and then lay the work down, and also just the the continuous mat return. He just con- he just kept lifting and slamming, lifting and slamming, locking hands, pulling him out from underneath the his legs out from underneath them, and sitting him back to his butt and doing some good work. I was really concerned because I've called a couple of Oliver's fights over when we did the European series, and uh, when I called his fights, he's got a gas tank on him. The kid doesn't seem to get tired. He um he fights at a pace that not a lot of fighters can c- continuously keep up with. And Kyle has a tendency to use a ton of wrestling, a ton of wrestling because he's a great wrestler, but he uses a lot of strength lot with of strength. that wrestling. Yeah. You know, and so and there's the, the constant mat returns that tends to to tire you out, slow you down. And uh he started looking tired at that beginning of that third, but then after he got the takedown, I think he caught the kick or something like that. I think he caught it off the kick and once the fight got to the ground, Oliver couldn't get back up in the third round. But it was overall it was a very active fight, a very good fight. Both of them were having to work a lot, but um, I was I was really concerned going in for Kyle because this kid's good. This kid's young. He's talented. He's you know he's got a lot to prove. He just got into the top ten ranking. I think he was ranked number eight or maybe number nine. I think number I think nine. He's ten. And so was he ten? ten. All right, so yeah. I was way wrong. Eight, no, nine, ten. Just right keep there. guessing, Josh. <laughs> just keep guessing, Josh. <laughs> gonna be there now. Um. Yeah. So Kyle by by Monday or Tuesday probably be in that in those rankings now in that number nine or number ten spot. But overall, I think uh, I thought it was a great performance by both fighters. It was very good. They both were active. That's the kind of fights I want to see when guys never give up. You know, Kyle kept grinding away, and Oliver kept trying away, trying to get the submissions because couldn't get it. You got you got to look at what Kyle Crutchmer is doing now because he got into that same freaking you know mindset that oh, stand up is easier than wrestling so i can knock people out because i can hit hard and stuff yeah. and he lost that one fight to uh cameron lashinoff based upon that he didn't wrestle yeah. and that's his lone loss and it's like man you cannot be that guy he, end, he ends up fighting uh chokely and he wins it based upon used mostly as wrestling and in this one same thing with end camp he did a great job he did exactly what he was supposed to do to get the win there's a lot of people that aren't going to like you know the style that he used I thought it was smart, I thought it was effective, and I thought it was actually fun to watch how he was going after the mat returns, especially. He was actually, you know, letting him get up, trying to get him, getting his hands closed, and then bringing him back down to kind of try to, you know, break his will, even though end camp, I don't think you can break him. He doesn't have that in him and stuff, but just a great performance by both guys. I enjoyed the fight, and I thought that uh, Kyle Crutchmer, look, if he continues to fight this way, people are going to have a hard time dealing with him because he is okay on his feet. He can, he can defend himself and he's good enough that he can move around. He's got power. Yeah. And wait for that moment when he can use his hands to get the guy to start to turtle up and then drop his levels and get into him. And if he gets into you, he's strong. He can, he's going to get the takedown. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, he's effective and I thought it was a great win for him. So, Congratulations to him, man. He, he's fighting smart. Yeah. Didn't he just have a son? Didn't he just have a, a baby boy? Yes. He just had a yeah. baby. Yep. Congratulations to him, man. It's awesome. So he's, yeah. Uh, so, but with him, to get back on what you were talking about, I didn't have him losing that fight. I feel like he should still be undefeated. Now, it was a close fight. 
Oh, you're talking about Lashinov. I, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, when he lost to Lashinov. I yeah, didn't have him losing that fight. I, I had him winning, but it was a close fight. It was very close. I did, what, I didn't, what I didn't like was in that fight with Lashinov is that he hit him with a great two-piece, but didn't fall Two-piece in a soda. It was three shots. And Because Lash, Lashinov put his hands down like, go ahead, hit me. And he did. Yeah. And it hurt Lashinov. And they didn't yep. give him credit and for it. he sat back like, oh. Because yeah, they said, all oh, that didn't oh hurt God, him. He, he, yeah, right. No, I did. <laughs> um, but let's talk about, I honestly got to believe, outside of the main event, the fight that stole the show was the main event. But the other fight that stole the show that was on the prelims was the Dan Moret and Spike Carlisle fight. That God, fight was just damn. absolutely insane. Back and forth. But Dan Moret was winning the fight for sure. Oh, Two rounds no to none. Dan, he was definitely winning the fight. But what really got, but there was a lot of back and forth exchanges. Spike was landing some clean, hard shots and doing some good wrestling in that fight. And he just was always a little bit behind, but he also took the fight on short notice. So he didn't, he didn't have a full camp. I don't know how long he had, but he didn't have a full camp. And he came in and he fought a great fight in terms of the best he could do with the amount of time he had, with the conditioning that he had. But there was just no quitting that guy. In that guy, when we say someone's a dog, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. This guy's Spike a Carlisle's fucking a dog. dog. This, yep. This guy is a dog. So, and not to, damn, Moret's a dog also. I mean, like they were going back and forth, big shots, both taking big shots. Um, but the overall end part of that fight was just insane. How it all came about. Spike kind of scrambles out to the position, gets the hooks, gets to the back. You think he's already going to finish Dan with the with the rear naked with the palm the palm doesn't get it finally puts the hand behind the head and then just puts him to sleep. Yep. I mean he's down two rounds to none like it's oh, it, yeah. it's very obvious that he needs to and finish. he was down in the third. Left? He was down in the yeah, third. Yeah, he was down in the third. <clears throat> what was there like maybe a minute left in the fight? Um, I want to say, I would say there was about two minutes left. Yeah, yeah, two maybe, minutes left. Okay. About two yeah. minutes left. Yeah, so I mean, but overall, like if you go back and you watch that fight, it was just a fun fight. I'm not going to say oh. neither one of these guys are great technicians. Neither one of them are, you know, they're not Muay Thai kickboxer like professionals or you know. Uh, no, but they both have balls that national fucking champs. clank. Yeah, they were they were they were going after it. It was a fun fight. I mean, if you guys get a chance to check it out, check it out, man. Yeah, I, I love Spike Carlo after I was talking to us. So how you feel? I feel like dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was exhausted, man. He put it all out there. So, but that was a fun fight. It was a great effort by both of them. I don't, you know, I don't think Dan uh, in any way goes down. I thought he fought really well, you know, yeah. against a guy who was really tough and spiking. And he was up, and he was up in the third round. He was winning that round until he made the one mistake, and Spike got his back. He couldn't get himself out. Spike put him to sleep. He said, he goes, I don't tap to submissions. Well, he did not lie, and I love that when guys make that statement and then go and prove it, and he went to sleep. That's okay. Yeah. But a great win for Spike Carlisle. Good Can't stuff, wait to watch man. him again. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he was fun to watch. It was definitely a, an action-packed fight. It was something that I'll tune to watch. But so I would like for him just to cut his hair, though. Okay, I don't know what it is. The actual rose Why? is kind of like that long hair. I rich, liked it. You know, yeah, a hard pass for me. Hard pass. I liked it, man. <laughs> Came out um, looking like the Crusader, man. That was awesome. You know, let's see who else. Mike Hamill snuck away with a split decision. Uh, Montalvo, he he looked dominant, dominated a lot. Of, he's a little bit of a slow starter, almost like he was just kind of yeah. like taking his time. But, but he's got to be did careful a great job of going to the way. body. 
Yeah, he did. Very nice with the body kicks and then hitting the body shots as well. Uh, Chokley looked good. I thought he looked... I, I, I don't know. I was hearing you guys do the commentary, but then were you concerned at all that it was going to be a split? Because I had him winning every round. Oh, I had him winning all the rounds too. But, okay, you okay. Know, you, you don't know, you know, when you're, when you're watching that kind of fight, because in my opinion, he was... He was landing the bigger shots, and for the most part, I thought he was landing more shots, but De Jesus was coming forward a lot on him, and sometimes you'll get judges, they'll give yeah. that credit, even though that guy's not landing, in my opinion, so. Yeah. But, uh, Kai Kamaka making his debut. Uh, you know, I talked to him afterwards. I talked to him afterwards. I said, look, I understand it was your debut, but you got to pull the trigger, man. Had you thrown that more, wasn't his had debut. you more, had you done more, you were deaf. But that wasn't his no, debut. Well, I know it wasn't his debut. He's three and zero, right? He's, yeah, he's, he's yeah. come back to Bellator, true. but I mean, like he's yeah. you know, it's like kind of kind of. He had a hard know, time in the UFC. It's more of like his, yeah. I mean, he had some shitty, like decision. Oh. He had a draw. He, he had a fight. He, he didn't perform at all. Then he had a. Yeah, then he had a fight. He should have won. And then he had a draw. Yep. He, he fought great and he got screwed. And yeah. then he had one that he should have won, but he lost points based upon the referee taking points from him, and so he got a draw. <sighs> yeah, yep. poor kid. Uh, but overall, <laughs> I just talked to him afterwards. I said, hey, man, you, you got to pull the trigger, buddy. I said, I know it's like almost like you're coming back, new promotion, that kind of thing. I go, but you got to pull the trigger. You know, if you you let your shit go, he's he's good. He's yeah. got good talent. Quick. He's, he's powerful. Got power. His kicks. He's got powers. He's got good. He's got good uh, takedowns and submissions. You know, he's got to be a little bit more active from the top position as well when he's in, when he's uh, doing his jiu-jitsu. That's what happened from before. He fought in Bellator a long time ago. It was in Hawaii. And he got a lot. Of, he got a lot of takedowns. Was dominating the positions, but he wasn't active enough. Not in terms of like the ground and pound, the submission no, attacks. No, he's, he's controlling. Position. Yeah, he's, he's very controlling, and he's not going to finish the fight. He's yeah. Well, you can't get me off here. I'm just going to control you. You got to do damage. You got to try to end the yeah. fight. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Shabli. I'm not going to say too much. He needs to be have better performances. He, with that much talent, that much ability, he needs to have better performances. I, I agree. I, 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 he's one not of my, impressed. He's a, a, Just say it, not impressed was, with your performance. I was not impressed by your performance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but I know he's talented. I know he's good. I just know he can do more. That's why. Um, Johnny Eblen, nothing to really say either about Johnny Eblen. Johnny Eblen did exactly what he was supposed to do. Came out, dispatched of somebody who was making their debut and uh, talked that, you know, Colin Huckbody talked the talk, but just did not walk the walk at yeah, all. He was Jeez. not of Johnny Eblen's yeah. level. Not even close. Not even close. Uh, but, you know, who performed really well that night was Josh Hill. Josh Hill has gotten this reputation of being someone who goes the distance, someone who's a technician, someone who's okay with just touching you and touching you, making you pay, taking you down, controlling top position, a little bit of ground and pound. But he's just really good everywhere, but not super good anywhere. But he he's one of the most well-rounded fighters I think we have probably on our roster. That are actually, it's really in the sport. He puts it all together really well. He chains it all together really well. But he doesn't go for broke. He doesn't take big chances. He's not that fighter. But then Scoggins made it perfectly okay for him because what happens is guys like Scoggins, like even his brother Justin, they leave themselves out of position a lot by jumping in with their big kicks, jumping in with their side kicks, their spinning kick. kicks, all of those things. And that works sometimes against that will definitely work against him against somebody like a Josh Hill who stays very tight with his technique. He keeps his elbows in tight to his ribs. His hands are always up by his chin. He moves his head off line really well and he counters really well after someone throws. And that fell right into what he what he was looking to do against Scoggins. Yeah, well, Scoggins uses that 
in in transition he'll he'll be in his southpaw stance and he'll throw a right left and transition into an orthodox stance and he caught him right in the middle of that transition and put his lights out you look at it look scoggins came in didn't make weight josh hill takes the fight without saying anything you know i don't care whatever it is you know he gets extra money for it and i love the fact that the commission took even extra you know as far as on top of that they took 35 percent because he was five pounds over but commissions have to start doing something about this you know we've talked about it before if you're over two more than two pounds mm-hmm. it should be 50 percent it's a 50 percent cut and if you say no i don't want to fight then that's okay you have that right to say that but it's a automatic in your you know the, you cannot be licensed in that weight class Again, you have to go up. So if you say, I'm not going to fight, then you automatically get put up. If you are going to fight, you lose 50%, and you can try to fight in that weight class again. So I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm tired of watching yeah. guys because there's no doubt when a guy like Jared Scoggins comes in, is the first guy weighing in that day, comes in dry, and weighs five pounds over. What is it telling you? Yeah. It's telling you that he trying. had another 40 minutes, 50 minutes to make the weight. We had more. He had to. a couple hours. <clears throat> he could have okay. been doing stuff. Yeah, when you come in dry, you don't have you don't have plastics on. You don't have any of that stuff on. That just means you gave up a while ago. Yep. Yep. You're not trying. And that's just and not. You're, and you're making you're making it a, you're making it a conscious decision that okay. I'm, I'm going to end up losing money, but I'm going to use it tactically to say, well, I'm not going to kill myself to try to get down. Okay, but if you're going to do that, you're going to lose more than what you think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got to be that way, do you, especially do you when think... it's that much weight. So you're putting all the emphasis on the commission then, not so much the promotion. Yeah, I put it all on the commission. Put, you know, it, the, the promotion itself can always sit there and say, well, we're not going to let you fight at that weight. But as the commission the promotion can't make the fighter fight and the commission cannot make the fighter fight the commission comes and says you're going to lose 50 percent and the fighter you know who has been brought in by the promotion so the promotion is paid for the flights they've paid for the rooms they've paid for a per diem and that not only for the fighter but also for their corner people so all they are in the position of is losing the fight losing money over it Okay, there's not much you can do, so there has to be a penalty if that fighter who didn't make weight and is going to lose the percentage, that there has to be a penalty if they decide that's what they're going to do because it's all a business decision. You're saying, I don't want to fight for 50% less money. Okay, that's no problem, but you are going to have to move up. The next time you fight, you can't fight in this weight class because you've proved that that you can't make that weight. Is that two pounds with the one pound allowance? So it's actually three pounds. Is that what you're saying? Or is it just the two pounds are off the 155? Or they say if it's 155. Because what happens if it's for a title fight? Obviously, they've been able to make the weight to get to the title shot. Yeah. If they don't make it, they've already suffered a lot because it's not a title shot anymore if they don't make the weight. That's right. So which, like, you have to decipher between those two? So, like, if it's no, 155 it, is the weight. Making the weight. 155 you, you, is the weight. You can weigh 156. If you weigh in yes. at 158 point something you're more than two pounds over i get i still give you the one pound allowance yeah but you're more than two pounds over what you could have actually made weight at and so you get to that point 
You know, it, 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 if you weigh in at 156.5, you lose 20%. Okay. You're overweight, but you'll lose 20%. You weigh in at 157.1, you, know, you lose 20%. But if you weigh in more than two pounds off of that, you weigh in at 158.1, no, you're going to lose 50%. Anything above it, you're losing 50% of your pay. Yeah. I only the only reason why I'm real hesitant about this, John, is that it it's it favors the people that are one twenty five, one thirty five, one forty five, one fifty five. Because they, they don't have to make that big jump to the next weight class. If there was the one sixty five, one seventy five, one eighty five, I would be probably a little bit more okay with it. But I mean that that's that's just me personally. I mean, yeah. but what am I complaining about right now? Scoggins fights at one thirty five. So it's like you could have went up to 45. You know what I mean? But I, I don't like that really when you get into the upper weights because that's a, like it's a lot for someone to have to fight those guys at one, at 170 from 155. You look at like Masvidal. He's a big one 155 pounder. But 170, he's just about average. Not even average. I think he's less than average. You know? I mean, he's, he's not tall, less than average. He's not like, he's, yeah, but he's, like size-wise. Hold on. Think about this. Masvidal has to cut a lot of weight to get to 170. Let's you think so? Honest. Yeah, he does. Now, hmm. if he has a long training camp, maybe it's, you know, 15 pounds, 12 pounds, somewhere, you know, in there. That's Still, average, though. That's normal. That's normal. It, is, it is normal. But what's wrong with that? That's why he actually has had good performances at nah, welterweight. I'm not going to get in the performance. I'm not going to get in the performance talk, okay? It was, that's not part of the conversation. The conversation is... <laughs> That, that you're going to have fighters that are not used to having to deal with dealing with those bigger guys. Can you imagine someone like myself? If I didn't make weight one time over two pounds, I got to fight Matt Hughes. Yeah, fuck off. I'm like, I might as well just retire. <laughs> like, screw that shit. Like, I've, I've grappled with that guy before, you know, before his, uh, his accident. Jesus. That guy was hands down the strongest guy I think I've ever oh, he was strong. ever in my life. He was freakishly strong. Yep. So, um, all right, well, anyways, that's enough about the Scoggins situation. Great performance by Josh Hill. Good knockout. Big that's knockout. what he needed. That put that put him right into that um, alternate put him into spot. The grand, the, put him in the Grand Prix as an alternate. I, I'll an alternate. bet somewhere along the way he gets in there. The reason why, why are you thinking that? Are you thinking it because of COVID? Are you thinking of it because some injuries? Are you? I'm thinking of it because we've got I'm two guys of there weight. that have a problem with make weight. Yeah. Hello. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Yep. I have Same we have thing. two guys in that tournament that have an issue sometimes making weight. That's and one right. of them's only had the issue one time, which is Patchy Mix. That's he's right. He's only had the issue that last fight against his Gallagher. last fight he's, against He's Gallagher. always made weight. Yep. But he goes missed it three or four times. Yeah. And he's in that tournament. And so that I give if I was it, I, honestly, I was surprised that they put him in there because I know he's good. I know he's deserved to be in it. But if well, you don't tough. make weight. You're holding up every yeah. You're holding up everyone. You're out. It's not. There's not like a hey. You make weight. You can still fight. No, no. You're out, and the alternate's there. Yeah. So they're they're gonna have Josh Hill will be there at every fight to be the alternate. And I'm like, all right, because I was talking with uh, some of the guys for Bellator, and they're like, yeah, no, Josh Hill will make weight every time there's a. Oh yeah, a, he's got to weigh in. Do all I think all of them. He's gonna yep. weigh in for a replacement. They may even have two. They may yeah. even have two as a replacement. So yep. I don't know who the second one will be, but. <clears throat> All good. We will I th see. I, th I think eventually he's definitely going to get in there. So mm. 
Um, okay, so let's let's talk about Emmanuel Sanchez, Jeremy Kennedy. Jeremy Kennedy looked phenomenal. Looked controlling, did some yep. work. He should have been a little yep. more active with the ground and pound. Yep. But but you're dealing with someone like an Emmanuel Sanchez who's always making you defend submissions. Now, I could have went a little harder in the paint on Jeremy Kennedy in his last his last fight. No, I think the fight before where he got the win. He lost his last fight. Yeah. Click on Jeremy Kennedy for me. He lost his last fight before Emmanuel. Yeah, he lost yeah, to he lost Adam. Bush. Adam he lost to Adam. Yeah, Bush when he beat when he beat Matt Bassett, though, he should have been a little bit more active with the ground and pound. He had a couple of good shots in there, and then he went back to controlling. I feel like he could have got Matt Bassett out of there. Yep. Uh, Boric is a different level, though. Different story, different yeah. level. You just got to just, you're trying to get that win. He wasn't able to. I agree. But then he gets to Emmanuel Sanchez. Emmanuel Sanchez is physically like, what do we do with him now? He's lost three in a row. He lost Patricio. And then, uh, you know, he lost uh, his last fight to Mads Burnell. And then he just lost to Jeremy Kennedy. Jeremy Kennedy is tough. But if you looked at the two of them, you looked at, Jeremy Kennedy, you looked at Mads Brunel. They're very similar in style. I mean, Mads has a lot more submission attacks, but Jeremy Kennedy has a little bit harder ground and pound and like pressure and hip pressure and those type of things. So there's more of a threat from Mads in terms of being finished, but with Mads, Jeremy Kennedy, Mads there's is more a, of that. Like Mads a better submission guy by far, but Jeremy's a better yeah. wrestler than Mads. That's true. Very true. Yep. Uh, but overall, what did you think of the fight? Ah, uh, you know, I'm going to say it. I, I have to do the score on that, and I made a mistake in the first round because I forgot about the high crotch that Jeremy landed that he he brought Emmanuel up and stuff, and so I thought, you know, he won every round. Uh, I thought Sanchez did good work underneath him in that first round, but not enough to make up with that slam and everything that happened. I think uh, Jeremy did the fight style that he needed to employ against Adam Borsch. He did it against Sanchez. And, you know, we we talked with his coaches, and uh, Eric Nixick was very disappointed with his performance against Borsch because he didn't listen. And then he was very happy that his his uh, guy, his pupil, or whatever you want to say, you know, went through a camp, had a plan, and then went out there and executed the plan. And that's why he came away with a win against a guy who's a tough dude, a guy who I really like watching fight. Yeah. In uh, Sanchez, but Sanchez could not stop Kennedy from taking him down, and he really couldn't get up away from him, which we've seen him do with several guys. You know, Kennedy was able to control position, land some shots, you know, do some damage, not enough to you know get you know get rid of Emmanuel, but you got to look and say that is again just like Crutchmer's fight. That was the fight that Jeremy Kennedy needs to fight to win against someone like Emmanuel Sanchez. When a guy fights the right fight, I'll never complain. You know, that's yeah. being smart. That's fight IQ. And that's this whole thing is about winning because winning solves everything. And I thought yeah. Jeremy Kennedy put a good stamp on his uh, position in the featherweight division for Bellator. And I think, you know, he can compete against a lot of good guys when he fights his style. Yeah, he's going to have to, like, when you get to that upper bracket, though, <clears throat> he, when he fights a guy like Adam Boric, he's going to have to be a lot more active when he gets to the ground. Oh, like, yeah. Adam Boric being taller, longer, all of those things going to pose a little bit more of a threat. Faster. The submission threat, yeah, the submission threats by Emmanuel Sanchez, some of them got close. But yeah. the problem is, though, is that when they, like, if, if all you young fighters, if you guys listen to this, I want you guys to pay attention, go back, maybe even watch this fight, and even watch his fight with Mads Burnell. If the submissions get close, but are they close enough where the judge goes, oh, man, I'm going to score that? In my mind, it was it close depends. enough for me to think, like, oh, he could have finished him. It's very, well, there very was simple. never really one where, yeah. 
Yeah. When, when you're looking at, at, at a submission attempt, it's kind of like, you know, think about, uh, we talk about all the time, Brent Primus had a Mamadoff and he threw up some, you know, threw up a lot of submission attempts. A couple of them you saw Mamadoff really have to defend against. And when someone really has to defend against it, what's it saying? Well, it's effective. It's making the guy have to work to stop it. And then there's ones that they just, you know, you know, basically work their way through pretty easily. You, they don't get credit for it. It's nothing more than, yeah, you, you tried something. It's like missing a punch. You know, you threw, yeah. threw the punch, didn't land, didn't do anything. But if the fighter has to actually work to defend that submission, there's different levels to how, how hard did they have to work when it's, you know, they have to work to the point that they're almost choked out, you know, choked out, but they, you know, get themselves through. Okay. You know, that's a, that's like a big knockdown punch. But if they, you know, guy gets his arm around his neck and the guy takes and pulls, you know, the locking hand down and there's, it's never really that close. Okay. You know, there's a position and yeah, yeah you're trying, but it's not close to being, you know, successful. Yeah, so when I was telling, like, you t- talk to the young fighters, if it if you don't feel like it's close enough, you need to work to get it back to your feet. Either kick them back, whether you try to sweep them from there, whatever it is, you've got to do something to get on top. Then don't continue to keep shooting up submissions that are not getting close. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and that's a man Sanchez has fallen into that yeah. right now because people have found a way to beat him. The way to beat him is to keep taking him down, controlling him, make him work. I don't think the physical strength of Emmanuel Sanchez, because he is getting older. I think he's about what thirty-five. Can you clear no. Sanchez for me? No, 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 no. He's he's younger than that. Oh Jesus, he's thirty-one. I'm so bad with ages, John. <laughs> like I am with names and math and spelling. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, he okay, so he's thirty-one years old. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So thirty-one. But I mean, I he he. I think a lot of his focus is conditioning. But when you get to a certain level, you need to start focusing a little bit more on strength. But then his you're talking about weight, there. too. Yeah, his cardio. Yeah, I get that. But his cardio, the, you can tell his body can afford to put a little weight on in terms of muscle mass. He's still slim. He's still he's somebody that I think, excuse me. That's what happens. Somebody that I think a, will. Don't sleep. Yeah, we travel this much. <laughs> no, um. He's somebody that can afford to put the weight on because of the amount of cardio he does. So he'll just build lean muscle mass. He's not going to build a ton of bulkiness unless he decides not to like do a lot of cardio anymore. <laughs> Have you I seen that guy, Conor McGregor? Mr. Uh, one, 190 oh pounds of granite. <laughs> oh, I swear. I, I actually went back soon through some of those photos. And I really, I'm not, I, I really don't believe that's him. I can't oh, believe that's, that's him. him. He, oh, that's his him. nose is super fat. Dude, no, his that's just jawline going... is super fat. Oh, my gosh. What happens? It's crazy. That's nuts, man. That's crazy to think that he's that puffy. That's just nuts. Anyways, back to Sanchez. Sanchez, I think he can afford to lift some weights. He's going to have to start lifting, do a little bit more uh, functional movements with with a little bit heavier weights. He's going to start having to build some muscle mass. He may take him about six months. But right now, he needs to reinvent himself a little bit in terms of his strength because of these younger kids that he's fighting, a Jeremy Kennedy, a Mads. I don't know if Mads is younger than him. But Jeremy Kennedy, these these type of young kids that are coming up, and coming up and to, to fight him, yeah, Maz is twenty-seven. Yeah. These younger kids that are coming up to fight him, they're physically strong, and they've been spending their time getting themselves, um, you know, in in tip-top shape in terms of physical peakness. 
And so, he, sure, he's in, he's always been a cardio king, but there's a difference between being a cardio king and actually having the strength to go along with it. Yeah. So he needs sure. to make that adjustment. Um, all right, well, let's get into the main event. The main event was Sergio Pettis versus Kyoji Horiguchi. The hype all around Horiguchi throughout this fight. Not a lot of respect was putting on Pettis' name. <clears throat> and in all fairness, John, it was in it was all a- fairness, it went, it went exactly the way that almost everyone thought the fight was going to go up until the last two seconds of the fight. That was it. <laughs> okay. It, went, it first, went exactly how everyone was going to go. The first thing I thought of was, you know, I, I, I had laughed about uh, Chael Sonnen's re- remarks about the Frankie Edgar, Cheeto Vera saying that you know, Frankie won every you know, <clears throat> second of that fight up to the point where he lost. And I was like, mm-hmm. did you watch that fight, dude? You know, I was like, you're yeah. crazy, you know. Frankie may have won the first round, definitely we didn't win the second round. And uh but this is one, you know, that was the fourth round and there's no doubt that Horaguchi won the first 3 rounds and he was walking away with them. Mm-hmm. And it was significant if you looked at the, you know, the volume that he put on, you know, let's just be honest, Pettis wasn't able to really touch him. Pettis was a little bit tight. You know, he was tight in his technique and everything. And he was kind of getting to the point he was waiting because he was having a hard time with the speed and the movement of Horiguchi. And I thought, you know, after the third round, Cush, uh, Scott Cushman for Sergio Pettis and Duke, both are telling him, you've got to use your jab. Just I don't care if you hit him with it. I want you to throw it out there to make him respect you're, you're, that you're going to be moving towards him. Just throw it out, and then that's going to open things up for him. It's going to stop some of what he's doing. Just start throwing it. And he went out there, and he threw it a couple, and then he kind of stopped again. I went, man, he is just he's just tight in everything he's doing because he can't figure him out. And then all of a sudden, just something. And it wasn't that he was winning, but somewhere I would say, you know, about a minute and a half into that round, he started to get a little bit more into the flow of the movement. You know, and then that kick, you know, he throws the kick and Horiguchi ducks it, but he goes, comes with the spinning back fist and it just touched the chin, right? You know, it didn't even seem like it hit that hard, but he was out. He was out going down. And, you know, you know, I, I love the fact that, uh, Sergio didn't land the hammer fist. He went to finish him off and realizes he's out and doesn't do it where a lot of guys would have, but what a, what a huge comeback win. And what a statement, because, you know, this is why, and we say, this is why it's a five-round fight, because there's a difference between a five-round fight and a three-round fight, and the championship fights need to be more, and this is one of the reasons they need to be more, because these things happen, you know, and I thought Horiguchi was looking fantastic. He was doing exactly what he always does, and he's got a little bit sloppy, you know, towards the end, his hands were getting lower and lower, and he always has low hands anyways because he jumps in and out, but, uh, you know, he was performing exactly the way he was supposed to, and he was winning that fight right to the point where he wasn't. So if if some of you guys, some of you guys have known me, some people that watch this show, they probably have seen some, some of my old past fights. If you go back and watch my fight with Kid Yamamoto, <clears throat> it's a very similar fight in terms of I'm chasing after him with my hands up high, and I'm very stiff and I'm just walking after kid Yamamoto and he is so fast. 
He's jumping in and punching me, jumping in and taking me down, jumping in and doing all these things. And then finally, like after the first round, I'm just getting like ragdolled everywhere and like hit with things. And then like I went to like swing and he was gone. I went to kick and he was gone. You realize that you've got to be first. And I mean, I have figured it out after the first round because my corners were yelling at me like, you got to go first. If you don't go first, if you don't put him on his back foot and make him go first, yeah. um, you're going to get your ass kicked, which I was already getting my ass kicked. <clears throat> and so when That's you go when you decided to, the, to kick him in the nuts. Yeah, it worked out perfectly. It made him stand still. <laughs> but I started having more success in that second round because yeah. I was going first. I was going after and throwing stuff and throwing stuff and being first with it. That's what Pettis did, but he didn't start doing it until the fourth round. What it is, it's the speed. The speed plays yeah. a factor. And the reason why I know so much about this, I, I trained with a kid, this kid named Thomas DeAnge. And he's a really good kickboxer, savat style, catch kicks, all these things. But he was extremely fast, super fast. And it was like almost you felt like every time he'd throw a punch, have you ever tried like catching a football with those like uh, blinking glasses? They're like flash glasses, like strobe lights. Try catching a, a football when a strobe light's going on. It's like that. You, you're blinking so fast. You're trying to catch what they're doing. They're moving so much and you're having to blink. You're afraid like they're going to punch you. You blink and you miss. That's what Pettis was going through. The speed of Horiguchi was having a huge impact on him. He was so tense because he wanted to make sure that he had gritted down and he could take the shot. He didn't want to get caught with something just coming in casually. If you looked at uh, Horiguchi's fights with Asakura and Tokoro, I mean, he just stepped in. Boom. He caught them off guard. They were they were just being casual about it. And his power he possesses, which he possesses a lot of power. You look at the leg kicks that he did with Pettis. You look at the leg kicks he did with uh, Asakura. And he was able to drop those guys with those leg kicks. <clears throat> and so in the possess- in the power he possesses in his hands, his timing on the ins and the outs. We had uh, Kayla Harrison on last week. She's like, oh, my God. Like, technique-wise, his abilities to get in and out super fast without taking any damage. This was one of those things where... Pettis was down three rounds to none. He was kind of starting to lose that round a little bit. It was getting closer because he was putting him on his back. Yeah, but he was still losing at an it. Uncomfortable pace. He was still losing it. Yep. But when you fight guys like like Horiguchi that that do a lot of movement, they come in, they come out. You've got to be walking them down forward because now you're putting them, you're putting pressure on them, and they're having to move erratically that they're not familiar with. If you just let them keep doing what they're doing, they're relaxed, they're casual, they're cool. The problem with having to do what Pettis did, you sometimes walk into a big shot and get knocked the fuck out. That's True. the problem with it. But look, if you're losing three rounds to none, you got to go for it. You know you've already lost the fight if this thing goes the distance. Even if you win the last two, you've got to go for it. And so in this position, he was really, he still stayed tight, but he was letting things come together. And for everyone that I, I, had, I the, the, the Bellator had posted the damn knockout, and there was, hundreds of tweets about how lucky it was you guys are fools you guys are absolute fools because there's a video that i posted also of him of him doing the technique in training and landing it as well in training that's not luck if i'm drilling it training and training and it's working in a fight that's not luck no that's something i have okay. in my toolbox that i can pull out when the opportunity presents itself and it's called that's preparation <clears throat> And how often, here's what set that up. How often do guys with their hands on the person try to throw a head kick? Very rarely. So he knew that I had to throw the head kick close. And when he circled or ducked under, 
I'm close enough now to throw a spinning back fist and it'll land. Yep. If I throw the head kick from far away, far away. and then I try to do the spinning back fist, he's I way too far away. Yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing. It was not luck. No. It was very unfortunate for Horiguchi. No, but he it was beautifully right done. Right into it. But if you, yeah, it was beautifully done. But every time you saw Horiguchi come in and come out, he steps out with his hands down, with his chin up in the air. He walked right into it. It's unfortunate, but that's the fight. That's what makes this game that's so fun. Game. This is why you guys tune in. You guys look for the beautiful train wreck, and you found one. That's what you found that night was a beautiful train wreck. And I, I, I mean, as much as I love the energy, the excitement of having Horiguchi sign with Bellator. And knowing that he's going to be in the tournament regardless of what happened, this was for the title fight. He has a chance to redeem himself, which I believe, honestly, I truly believe this. He will probably be one of the guys in the finals. He is that damn good. He made a mistake, and he's good. Now, I'm not discrediting any of the other fighters in there, but when you're talking about the ability of, even after talking with Kayla Harrison, talking with a lot of the other fighters out of American Top Team, this kid is a workhorse. He's going to keep going. He's going to keep being better. He will get better from this loss. That's what he'll do. And so I'm pumped to see him in this tournament. And I can't wait to see how this, this whole thing plays out. Because I would not be surprised if you see either Rafion Stotts and Horiguchi in the finals. Or if you see Pettis and Horiguchi in the finals. Like, I would not be surprised. if you, Now, I'm not discrediting the other guys. Gallagher, Mix, you know, and all the other fighters. And Magomed, Magomedov who's the only guy that has a legit win over Peter Yan, okay? I, you cannot discredit that guy. There's just no way. So when you put all of them together in a bracket, this is going to make for some fun-ass fights. And it really comes down to who they're matched up with and how it all gets to the title. But I can tell you right now, when I take my look in comparison to who the best, most well-rounded fighters in that thing is, I look at Stotts, I look at Horiguchi, and I look at Pettis. Those are the top three. You know, and and if you look at the rankings, those are the top three. Juan Archuleta's in there, but I mean, Juan's got to get through his own mental barriers because he's got that loss to Pettis, which he wants to get back. You know, and he beat Mix, but I think guys like Stotts, you know, Stotts is is that's gonna be a tough fight for him because Stotts is a better better wrestler than him, and Stotts a little bit faster than him, and he has a hard time with dealing guys with a faster than you. And in terms of you know Horiguchi, that's another one who's faster than him gets in and gets out conditioning wise they're all just as good that when you get to those top four guys they're all conditioning wise they're all all of them are all of them are so it's a it's a it was a great fight the way it all worked out i mean it should have been on the higher rankings for the espn uh top 10 it should have been it should have been like number three i'm gonna go ahead and give credit to the ones that were there at number one and number two uh, I thought those were both impressive. I believe number one was someone got chased down. It was a uh, female's U.S. rugby. Rugby. And yeah, it was rugby, and they chased one one girl, chased the other girl down all the way down to save the game. They ended up winning. That You can't be mad at that. I'm sorry. That no. hustle and that hard work, that's she, no way. Dude, she ended up going down like one foot before the hitting that goal yep. line that they have so yep and then the second cool. one where we were because we work with a couple people that call hockey fights oh. and they said the second one was like what he put the the puck on the top on the tip of his stick and then flung it in from the top corner beautifully done okay i, I can I, we, i'll concede to those two but then next it should have basketball been basketball dunks should have been, been basketball dunks you guys are all they're all seven foot you're telling me you can't just put your arm <laughs> up for another three feet and put it in the hole anyways uh, all right. Um, all right. So I, let's move I, on to the I, UFC. I, I, Go ahead. I'm going to say this, though. 
we had somebody that both of us know. I'm not going to say the name, but they bet on that fight between Pettis and Horiguchi. They bet a lot of money. We won't say how much. They bet yeah, a lot of money. A lot of money. I mean, here, well over a half a million dollars. How's that? And they bet on Horiguchi. And I, I saw that person when that fight ended. And I see him. And they were sitting in the stands there. And they didn't move. You know, it's, it's almost like they were in shock. And then, you know, everyone's leaving the arena and they're still sitting there. And then they're breaking down, you know, the the entire ring and, you know, every, lights are coming down and they're still sitting there. And I was like, yep, I think I'd still be sitting there and I'd be planning how I was going to commit Harry Carey because I was killing myself. And that, I just looked at it, I said, and that's why I don't bet. <laughs> It was like, if I'm yeah. going to bet 20 bucks, 100 bucks at most, I don't know how those guys do it. I don't know how they do it. And I saw John. the pain in that the face. Unbelievable. When I when I go to Vegas and I got to play like the $25 and $50 like blackjack table, yeah. every time I lose 50 bucks, I'm like, fuck, I could have just walked away. <laughs> but then my dumb ass will put more money down. <laughs> Because you want to try to win it back. Oh yeah, you, you know. Can. But I mean, when you're when you're talking over a half a million dollars, oh. I, I don't even know what I would do. I wouldn't even know. I, first of all, I would never do that. That's one thing. But I mean, God, I could just imagine what's going through his mind. But but you already know that, that person. That's how much faith and belief that they had in him because he was yeah. dominating the fight up until that oh, moment. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, with a loss like that, John. <clears throat> Like mentally, where does that put him going into the tournament? Because I really believe he would have been the clear cut favorite had he won that. Had he won that belt, he would have been mentally the clear cut favorite to win that tournament. But now this changes things. This changes people. You guys have to understand when I'm here. When I'm here telling you guys, confidence is everything. He won his rising title back. He's feeling like, okay, I'm coming off a knee surgery. Okay, I just got my title back from Ryzen. Now I'm here. I'm dominating the champ that's here right now. That happens. Now he's going to think to himself, I got to be careful everywhere I go. I can't be the same explosive fighter that I am. He will probably take less chances in this tournament now in terms of what he wants to do. I I just don't know how mentally it's going to affect him. Now, we had Kayla Harris on, like I said, last week, and he just keeps doing what he does, like in the gym. You know, so we're going to find out, you know, we're going to find out in that first round of the tournament on who he draws, because I want to know where he's going to get put in the rankings also, because he hasn't fought for us in over 15 months. So he's not, he wasn't officially in the rankings yet, but he was the former champion, which is why he got the title shot. But now he's coming back with a knockout loss. Is he going to be number three? Is he going to be number four? Is he going to be number one? Is he going to be number two? Like, are they going to drop him all the way down? Number five or six? Are they going to drop him all the way down there? Maybe. So I want to know where they're going to put him. Yeah. I, I think because he was because he was the champion, I would say he's going to end up somewhere around two. I think, and then I also think because he was dominating the fight up until that moment, I think they're going yep. to put him somewhere. Like I agree with you, somewhere around one. Or, I think it'll probably be maybe even. I I don't want to say one. I want to say two or three, somewhere in there. Yeah, it would be hard pressed to put him ahead though of Stotts because Stotts hasn't been champion yet. I could see them putting him ahead or not ahead of Juan or Chiletta, though. So, because Juan's one, so I could see them putting him ahead of of uh, Stotts, but not ahead of Juan. Yep. Only I based agree. off because he was the champ. Yeah. All right, well, hey, let's get into the UFC. 
All right, everyone, we want to thank one of our major sponsors, the one that's been carrying the weight for us for the longest time, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WAYNEIN. There's got a bunch of activities that are going on right now in the sports world, especially now with the college football playoffs coming up. You guys can put some bets on there. If you guys, if it's the first time you guys are using mybookie.ag, use our promo code WAYNEIN. If you guys use that promo code, they're going to give you a little extra bonus if you use that QR code right there. That will actually give you a little extra cash to bet. For the college football playoffs that are coming up, there's been chaos as of today with all the, the teams that fell today and the ones that won today. I'm interested to see how the rankings are going to come out by the middle of week next week, and we're going to see what happens. You also, your basketball is kicking in right now as well. Hockey's picking it up, and you've got the big UFC pay-per-view next weekend. Make sure you guys can bet on that. Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira going to finally get it down. We're going to see on that. So go to mybookie.ag. Use that promo code Wayne in. We want to thank you guys for the support. Okay, and enjoy, and hopefully you guys make some money. Um, in terms of Vince Morales here versus uh, Smolka, Boy, not a lot to talk about time. him. He had a great, big time great knockout. knockout, dude. When a guy goes forward like that, you know that he is absolutely hurt, disconnected. You know he was he was in that Muay Thai plum, and you know, Morales just reached over the top and planted one on him, and it hurt him bad, and that was the end. Well, he didn't put his hands up when he hit, the, he hit face first. That's what I'm saying. When yeah, someone hits hit face, face first, first, you know he was disconnected. Yeah. So I'd love to do that to podcast, Dave. <laughs> Just bam. <laughs> bam. Um, okay, and then let's get it. Okay, so the other fight that we were talking about that we really want to talk about before, but then the fight was it was okay. It was good, but it wasn't the person that we thought we'd be talking about. So for Brian Barbarina, we thought, okay, we we love watching him fight. He's action packed. Yeah. He's go go go. But Darian With Weeks to me was very impressive. Very I impressive. He did a His great wrestling job. was he very impressive. Short notice. Took big shots. He took I some he shots. Was I was like, yeah, damn. And and he he fought his ass off. You know, he came into that undefeated mm-hmm. and stuff, and he fought a guy that you know based upon the people that he's faced, the guy is just a dog, man. He will come and he will stand yeah. and bang with anybody, and just tough as hell. Man, he was, it was that close. It was a close fight. Yeah. Darian, yeah, Darian I th- Weeks I thought looked Darian really looked good. good. Yeah. yeah, he took some shots. He delivered some big shots. He was putting, you know, he was he was fighting pretty well off of his back foot as well because Barbarina kept walking down, walking forward. But I was very impressed for someone who took a fight on short notice. He looked good. Now, like I was, I, I some, sometimes don't listen to the commentary. I listened to it a little bit tonight. And um, there is they were kind of right in terms of their options. When when you're someone who takes a fight on short notice, you have a couple options. You try to weather the storm, and then get into the you know, and just kind of kind of pace it. Try to you want to try to pace it to get through all three rounds, or you cut it all out. You try to get them out of there in the first round. Put it all out there. Have a good performance. The problem with that right there, right, is when you when you fight somebody. Like when you see with, let me see, what fight was it? Dun, dun, dun. What fight was it that I was watching? Shit. What are you talking about? Somebody got rocked. Uh, oh, Clay, Clay, Guida. Clay Guida. Clay Guida. Well, against... yeah, it's like that's the problem when you try to blow your wad. So we'll get into the Clay well, You don't fight, try to blow your wad. His... It's when you do yeah. blow your wad. <laughs> so Santos blew his wad. 
And so yes, when you did. say when you see someone like Darian Weeks, right? Like he's like, okay, do you want to go really hard knowing you didn't have a full camp? And then potentially look like that afterwards. Get so tired that you're one of the top black belts in the world and you're getting subbed by Clay Guida. You know what I mean? Like that's like you're, you're like that's not what you wanted. Like for for Darian Weeks, like he's someone they just he knew he was in shape. He talked about, look, I'm always training, I'm always ready. Well, he proved tonight that he's always ready, he's always training, he's always in pretty damn good shape. I mean, and because what's his name, Barbarina brings a lot of pressure. Oh, he brought, he brought a lot the of pressure. pressure on. But Weeks yeah. Weeks handled it just great. Yep. So good fight. And we just wanted to make sure he got a little love tonight because he deserved it. Great job, great performance, and I uh, can't wait to watch you fight again, bud. Yep. Came in against a tough dude, man. Put it all out there. Didn't lose the fight, just ran out of time with it. You know? Yeah. Just very good performance tonight. How about Manel Cape, man? Fast. Dude, he's fast. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Let me ask you this, John. Was it because... Oh, how do you see this guy's last name? Zumagulov. Zumagulov. We'll just say that. Okay, versus Whatever. Cape. Okay, so Cape, though, is it because Zumagulov brought the the fight to him that made that fight because he stepped into the shots and was he, yep. he was throwing, he was getting caught in transition, and yeah. Cape is faster. Cape was getting the punches there quicker and, and was throwing them a little bit straighter as well because Zumagulov, or however you say his name, this guy was bringing the action. And I love, like, he was throwing heat with every single thing. He was oh, yeah. taking some shots, delivering some shots. But we, we've seen with Manel. Manel, like, he brings he brings the fight sometimes, but he just does a couple little high-flying action things, and then he just go ahead and, like, I touch you, and I'm okay. I'll rest on those. I'll rest on those until I until the opportunity presents itself again. He needed to. He needs to fight people like this guy. Because this guy here, Zumagalov or whatever his name was, he brings it to him. And then we get to see the real Manel Cape. We get to see the real fighter who is explosive, who will throw all, you know, throw flying knees, throw the big heat. You didn't use, utilize really any of his wrestling in this fight, but, I mean, he's got good wrestling. He's got decent wrestling in terms of decent. his transition. I don't, don't say good. It's decent. decent. I wouldn't say good. Decent. <laughs> okay, there decent. you go. <laughs> okay. But he's got he's 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 got good he he lowers his level really well he gets in deep he's because he's you know, fast explode he's explosive, yeah. um but it, it, I think it, the reason why that fight was so good was because of his opponent. It was he had a guy that brought the fight to him and when someone brings the fight look he's got a good chin he takes a good Ooh. shot yeah he does uh, I have seen him get hurt but he takes a good shot and and at one twenty five you know. They normally have to land multiples to really get someone going and stuff. He's hard to hit anyway, so you know he can take that one shot and still survive it. But exactly what you're saying, when he has an opponent who's coming after him, it allows him to have openings on his counters. And you know he he landed that freaking left right. It was beautifully placed. And then you know, mm-hmm. you know his opponent gets you know put against Cage and he just starts ripping him with you know lefts and rights and. He made the the referee come in and stop the fight based upon his opponent just started to wilt under the volume of what he was throwing and stuff. But look, that's two in a row, two in a row that he finished. I think did he finish his last one in the first round too? So yes, I believe that was the knee, right? Yep. So that's two in a row. You know, both first round finishes. He's starting to feel yeah. his. You know, he's fine. He's starting to be comfortable within the UFC. He's, he realizes. Yep. Hey, I can fight with these guys, and uh, I'm I'm the guy that you know has speed and stuff. And so, 
I think you're going to see a lot of good things from him. He's still super young. You know, he's yeah. he's not even in his 30s yet. So he's uh, he's got he's got time on his side, and he's got athleticism. And where he's training now, they like him, and he's doing well with the people that he's training with. And I think he's just going to get better. So he's going to be fun to watch. Nice. All right, so the next fight, um, <clears throat> for me, it was Chris Curtis. Very impressive. Oh, I love like, that guy. The action man. This <laughs> He brings it. He I liked how he started going to the body. He started mixing up his combinations. I'd like to see him kick a little bit more because he looks like he has some pretty good kicks. He was like, there was times where he would throw him kind of half-ass. Uh, there, there was, was times, times that, where he threw him with some heat. Yeah, but there was, like, at the beginning, Brendan Allen was putting it on him. <clears throat> You know, yeah. and it, almost to the point where Brendan look, you know, had that look like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and just piece you up because Chris kind of sits back a lot in the beginning. He waits, you know, and then all of a sudden he explodes into something. But, you know, Brendan Allen's a good fighter, and that's a big-time win. That's two in a row and quick. I, I love the fact he goes, you got you to gotta show next week. I'm here. Just give me a call. I'm yeah. ready to go. I'm not hurt at all. I love that. I go. He's fun. He's 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 well, pulling John, off the Kevin five? Holland. What's that? Isn't that five and zero? Oh? Isn't that five in a row for him in the UFC? Chris Curtis five straight now. Yeah. How? Oh. Uh uh. Someone. I thought I thought I heard them say he was five and zero oh in the UFC. No no yeah. no no. No, so he's got two wins. He's, he's only been there for the two about? fights because he came out of the he came out of the Dana White contender thing. Did he fight in the Dana White contender thing a couple times? Not recently. Uh, I don't no. think so. No, he came out of. <clears throat> he didn't fight there at all. It looks like. Yeah, he did. I went. Yeah, he did. 2018. Ah, okay, yeah. okay. But he's done a lot since then. He's yeah. done PFL. He's done a couple of these smaller shows. Yeah. But he's coming to his own as a fighter, man, and he's he's doing well. You know, it's a, how many that, wins that is that in a row for him? Six, seven, yeah, seven. Seven. I mean, look at who he lost to. He lost to Magomed Maga Karamov or whatever, and then Ray Cooper. I mean, he yeah. lost to Karamov two times. Not There's well. no shame in that. There's no no shame in that at all. I got, I do no, and Ray Cooper just beat Karamov or whatever, and then yeah, like, that fight but, was great. But Karamov was, was lighting final. Ray up for a while there, too. Yeah, I was piecing him up, too. That was a great fight, man. I, I went back and watched that fight again after that. <laughs> it was fucking great. I'm a Ray Berta Cooper fan, for sure. <laughs> Um, good stuff. All right. Well, let's see. What were we talking about there? So Chris Curtis, I thought he did good. Started mixing it up, going to the body, came over the top, landed some clean shots. It was that left hook that land right hook. He went body, then right hook. Yeah. Caught him in the exchange on the right hook. So he went body on the left side and came over the top with the right hook. Nicely done. Wobbled him a little bit and then put him and got him to sit down. Nice job, man. I, I yeah. love, I love those kind of stories. And then like Brendan Allen, like he was looking good up until then. Really He's looking good. really good. He's good. He's talented. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's talk about my boy, my boy, the guy who owes me twenty percent of his career. Okay, my boy <laughs> Clay fucking Guida, brother. I'm surprised. I'm I'm not surprised actually, to be honest. But I'm happy for you, man. Good job. Great job tonight. Just phenomenal way you weathered the storm. Got through the shit. You're Tough you are. Hell. When we talk about people being dogs. You're a dog. You're just one of those guys. We've always known you were a dog, but I got to make sure that I'd say, I have to say it, man. 
What a dog. He weathered that storm. He took some big shots, got hurt to the body early. Just and those and like we've we've talked about this before. Those are crippling. Oh, like, yeah. It's not Horrible. like if you get hit to the head, you're wobbled, you're trying to get you're trying to get your functions about you. But it doesn't hurt. You get to the body. You you see everything that's going on. Like you but you just can't do anything because you're just your body is seized up. Your legs don't work, your arms don't work. All you can do is just grab your stomach and try to protect it some more and try and get some air well, in and out, which just doesn't happen. And Santos kept going to the body. He kept wow. on ripping it, man. It's like, oh, that sucks. That hurts. That hurts. Yeah. But Clay Guida comes through. You know, all the flowing locks of Clay. He started to look like Dan Cormier with the freaking <laughs> the hairline, man. It's going all the oh, way geez. to Cormier. But, and he's hey. got the ball spot in the back. He is AKC certified a junkyard dog, and I love the guy. Yeah. He's just, man, he, he made it through that first round, and you knew after, you know, the, I want to say it was John Anik was saying, was this a 10-8 round? It's like, no, it would have been if, you know, Santos had stayed either even on top of Clay, and Clay got had no offense coming off because he took an ass whipping. But Clay, you know, comes back in that round, and he does damage to, you know, Santos, not enough to take the round. Santos wins the round. But you knew that Santos was done. You knew that he blew himself up and that he wasn't going to be able to, yeah, he'll get the minute refs. He'll he'll come back and be okay for 30 seconds and he's going to fall right off the cliff again. That's what happened. Yeah. And Clay went after him. I like the fact that he got the choke. And as soon as you, you saw all of a sudden when he, he felt like he got his arm around, you could see it in his head. And all of a sudden he goes, pound to pound, he starts squeezing, pulling back. The hips go in and you go, here goes Clay Guida, a guy who is not a submission guy at all. No. Yeah, he's going to submit a world champion in jiu-jitsu. It was a good win. Insane. It was a really good win. Insane. Well, that was like, what's his name? Um, God, the Gonzalez kid that's, that that <clears throat> that subbed Fiera. Was it Gonzalez? No, no, no. That was uh, Anthony Figueroa. Uh, Fluffy? Fluffy. It was Fluffy, yeah. right? Yeah. So Fluffy submitted him. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's Rodrigo like, oh Vieira. Yeah. Oh yeah. When guys, when when you get tired, when you get I don't tired, care who man, you are, when you're tired, man, it's over. Breaks you, breaks nope. you mentally, physically, everything. Um, Jamal Hill versus Jimmy Crute. Dude, he's got power. He's got pop in his hands, man. He really does. Because, like, yeah. he hurt. You know, when when he fought OSP. He hurt OSP, who's got a good chin, has gone with a lot of good guys. He hurt him bad in that. I was like, eh, you know, every now and then you you, know, you get lucky. And then he lost to uh, James Craig, got his arm tore up in that one. And yeah, then coming into this, Jimmy Crute's a tough dude, and he twice, he hit Jimmy behind the ear almost, you know, as Jimmy's ducking down, and that puts Jimmy down. And then the second one, dude, he lit him up. Same shot, you know, and it's like, the dude's got he's got he's got pop in his hands, man. He can box, and it, I, just, I can, it lets go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just I, I like I liked his attitude afterwards and stuff. And he's like, hey man, you know I'm here. And I like it. Yeah, it looked good. <clears throat> it lets you know that body style, body shape, all those things have no bearing on whether you possess power or not. Not at all. I mean, I I <clears throat> took pride in the way I looked for every fight. Oh yes, no you did. <laughs> I did. I was. I, I still. I'm mean, like. I. <clears throat> I take. I take pride on the fact, like you know, that like throughout my whole career, my diet was very clean. Everything was clean. 
Like I took pride in how I physically looked because it made me feel better about the way I fought. That whole Deion Sanders look good, feel good, fight good, perform good, play good, whatever it was. Okay. I felt it was true. Um, <clears throat> this dude don't look like, like he can crack an egg. No, he does. The speed in which he gets it there. And, and his, and he's very precise with it too. And you don't think so, but it, it gets, gets to the button real quick and you just see people's lights shut out. I believe he dropped Jimmy Croup with the jab first. And then he jumped on top of him and then Jimmy was able to get back up. And when he scrambled back up, it was done. Hit him with another piece, a couple pieces, boom, and it was over. Uh, it wasn't his jab on that one. Man. His, 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 I want to say it was the right hand. <clears throat> Hit him, came over with a check, like a check right hook. And then did the same thing again the second time. I thought it was the, fir- the, first time, the first time he dropped him, John, I thought it was a straight jab. And then so. when he got back up, the way he finished him was the other way. Maybe, maybe. We need to go back and watch huh. that one, baby. Yeah, I'll have to look at it again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah there, I, thought, there was, I thought he dropped him with the jab first. There was someone <laughs> that got dropped, dropped with the jab, and I'm trying to remember which fight it was, but it wasn't that one. That one, he hit him with the same shot twice. No, it was Alex Morano. You're right. Alex, Alex Morano dropped Mickey yeah. Gall. Yep. He dropped Mickey yep. Gall with the jab. That's yep. right. Sorry. My apologies, guys. My no, apologies. It's all good. We've watched a lot of fights in the last two days, okay? Too like, many. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Oh. And what you guys got to remember is like when we do research for our Bellator fights, we're doing research, like we're looking at those fighters and all their Watch past it. fights throughout all the All their week. fights. Oh. <clears throat> so. A lot of fun. Um, all right. But the fight that most people were always like itching at the or chomping at the bit to watch was the one that I was uh, Fazeev versus Brad Rydell. And I got to tell you, it did not disappoint. It was a great fight. It was it was back and forth. But I could tell that Rydell, Rydell had the looked, thing. Rydell, Rydell looked tight. He just looked like he remembers when they used to train together. The the the, the hands and the boxing. Definitely went to Fazeev because he was trying to get in and throw his combination as hard and as fast as he could and get out. Get out. Because he was smothering the space. He wanted to jump in real real fast and throw it and hopefully something landed and knocked him out before he got out. Because you could tell that that was like the whole idea for him because he didn't want to get stuck in that boxing ring and the exchanges. He wanted to smother it so much where Fazeev didn't have the ability to land a clean, hard shot before he got his off. So I, I think some past training he knew. And you could tell he was a little bit more tense than Fazeev was when it came down to, like, the introductions, when it came down to the way they were acting physically in the cage. There was something about it where one Just person... the way they were fighting. Be, he knew he had to be way more focused because he knew that he was probably the guy that was on the shittier end of the stick when it was training time. I agree. I, it was It was evident that... Fazeev just looked way more comfortable within the fight. He looked like you know he was the one that was controlling the distance and the range and, and where the fight was going to be at, and that's you know that right there goes to show that when they were training, he was able to do that against Brad too. So Brad knew that uh, he's hard for me to move around. He tends to move me around because he's got speed with his kicks and his hands. And so I but I I'll give you know Brad. Nothing but credit, man. He was throwing hard. He was going after him. The cut from the elbow, that was a good cut. He kept, you know, he didn't let it bother him at all. You know, he landed some good shots, but when when Fazeev landed that kick, it froze him. He was, you know, yeah. when you talk about being out on your feet, because he bounced, you can use your skeletal structure to actually stay up. 
Frank Mir did it in the fight against Pulev where you, know, you become stiff, and that's kind of what Brad did, but his butt hit the, the cage because if the, the cage wasn't there, he would have fallen over. And he was he was just going to get lit up and hurt bad. I thought it was a great stop by Herb in uh, re- recognizing how bad he was hurt. And that's a big win for Fazeev. You know, he's, this guy, someone's going to have to figure out how to put him on his butt because if you don't put that guy on his butt and be able to stay in the top position on him, you're going to have problems with him. Yeah. These guys are 55, right? Yep. John, when people ask me, do I want to fight again? I look at this shit and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I have no desire. No, thank you. These guys are animals. I was looking at, like, I heard uh, DC and I think it was even uh, Bisbing was the other commentator tonight. I heard, <laughs> I heard them like say how big his back was. And I was thinking, I was already thinking that on how big yeah. Brad Rydell's back was, uh, Riddle or Rydell, Rydell how yeah. big his back is. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. It was enormous. It he was looked like, like Matt like Hughes out there. Back. I was like, holy yeah. shit. This guy's fighting at 55. I'm like, this is enormous. Anyways, Fazeev yeah. didn't look as big, but I mean, like, he's, but still, dude, he, he that was dude, a lot faster, that dude's jacked. tighter. Just, yeah, that dude's jacked, jacked still. Um, all right, well, let's get into the legend himself. And, um, and I, I think when we talked about this last week with Jose Aldo and Rob Font, I was concerned about Rob Font's jab, like you were. I think you had yep. brought that up as well. And we were yep. concerned about if the, as the fight went longer, it would favor Rob Font because Rob Font's got a gas tank on him, which he proved yep. he's got a gas tank on him. Yep. What we were wondering was, would Jose Aldo use his kicks? Kicks. And it wasn't until the third round, right? The third round? Yeah, I want to say it was the third said, round. Yeah, his corner start said, start using leg. your kicks. They're there. Kick the kicks. And it was. It was. I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Not have a devil's advocate. I'm gonna I want to point out something. He, he couldn't have used them in the first round. Rob Font was switching so much. Yeah. That why spend that much that much energy chasing that leg early in the fight? The boxing. He was trying to get the timing down. That's why he really didn't do shit in the first round. Jose didn't do much until the very end when he was able to drop him, sit him to his butt, and I, I still thought that was a close round. I mean. I, I know he got dropped, but he also wasn't able to do a whole lot after he dropped him because he smothered the space. But uh, but I, I did give it to Jose also, but I um because I'm a homer, you know, and I wanted to see I wanted to see <laughs> I, I like old people, man. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be biased towards the old people every time, probably. Thank you. Um, I pre- oh, not me. Yes, yeah, <laughs> not not that old, not that, not that old. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm gonna lean towards uh Herzog, Herzog, you know, and and Beltran, those guys. No, <laughs> um. But no, Jose. I thought. I thought Jose once, once he he was finding his his space. He was waiting though. He was really kind of pacing himself in the first and second round. He was yeah. landing the cleaner, harder shots. I thought the second round was close. I could have seen that possibly going to. And I think one of the judges gave the second round to, to um to Rob because it one was what forty nine something. The other one yeah, but he got stung again, and that was the big he difference did. in the in the fight yeah. for each round. Look, Rob actually, if you want to go by time, did better work over more of the round than yep. Aldo did. But Aldo landed the heavier shots and hurt Font consistently almost in every round and that and he would take the round based upon he look he hurt him and he put him in danger you know 
although Font came out and did really well and was, you know, take a look at Aldo's face. You could see how that jab was jacking you know, his eye socket up and everything. And he had a lot of damage on his face because he ate that jab a lot. And I, and I actually thought that Font kind of didn't use the jab as much as I thought that he would, even though he used it. There were times he kind of got away from it because he was getting hit straight down the pipe by the right hand and that was giving him problems and stuff. But I, I thought that, you know, I thought the scoring was right. I thought Aldo was winning the rounds, even though Font was actually having moments where he was really fighting well and actually, you know, winning more of the round as far as with volume. And then the power would come in and Aldo would land that big shot and put him down. You know, mm-hmm. hey, that swung it over to Aldo. And you got to give it, Aldo has that in his back pocket. He's got power. Yeah. At 135 yeah, pounds, it, he can still crack. Uh, he's got the power at the hands. He just, I don't know what it is. He doesn't have the output. He used to have a, he gets tired. Like he had a lot more. Yeah, he gets tired. But he always and did. I don't know why. He always did. He did. But I, I don't know. I looked at it differently back then because you want to know why he was fighting guys like Mark Hominick, who are just fucking guys that have gas tanks out the ass. Yeah, like that guy would just that guy would spar Shark Tank like <laughs> for forty five minutes straight with a new guy every two and a half minutes, and he'd be like, "Okay, who's next? Who's next?" And everyone's like, "We're dead. We're tired of beating you up. We're trying to we're tired of trying to take you down. We're trying to push." Like he kept he could keep going. Jose. Yeah. So I never looked at Jose as like someone who needed a like a. That he was a gasser. He didn't gas out. He just fought guys that had pretty big tanks, like Cub Swanson, cause yeah. uh, and then Mark Hominick and other guys that I mean, they had they had good gas tanks. So I never looked at it that way. But I feel like now as he's getting older, but he's only what thirty something years old. Thirty four. How how he's thirty four. Jose Aldo. Thirty four. Did we look at the same day, right? Thirty five. Thirty five. You know. So th- it, it will birthday? work against him, but his May ability. 9th. September ninth. Okay, so recently, just recently, but his his leg kicks and his ability to go to the body, he used to go he used to go the right hand, left body shot, and then head kick over the top, like he used to throw that combination all the time. It was beautiful. He'd go leg kick to the body, or leg kick to I'm sorry, leg kick to the body. That made no sense. He'd go right hand body shot and then leg kick, just nasty. Are you making fun of me? I saw you smiling right there. What was all that about, huh? <laughs> leg kick to the body. Body um, shot to the leg. What, yeah, leg kick to the, the body. Hell are you talking about? <laughs> Everyone's guys, calm down, man. Okay, everyone, you guys calm down. I'm I'm literally moving on working off like four, three, four hours of sleep, guys. Come on, give me a break. Um I'm gonna continue to use that excuse. <laughs> I will. Forever. Um, no, I forever. I loved the fact that he went to the leg kicks as soon as his corners told him. He listened to them. Great. Because Rob Font had stopped switching stances by half with the second round. And then that leg was just there to be beat up. And you saw right from the time and the moment he started using that leg kicks, it changed the way that Rob was fighting the fight. And it, yeah, it changed the jab. A little more. He had it. It changed the jab. Because That's he knew it, that he was eating him up. on that jab anymore. That's yep. it. And then. Those leg kicks, actually, one of them was one of the ways that he was able to get Rob Font to the ground to control majority of that round. I want to say that was in the fourth round. He was able to get, he kicked the leg, was able to jump on top and control the rest of the round that way, or majority of that round. It was that, so, his, his ability his, to get the fight to the ground saved him in the fight because he was getting tired. 
and he was able to control the position. You saw, and you saw, like he 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 would work himself to mount, or and then Rob would get himself back to a half guard, but worked himself to mount multiple times. But he wasn't trying to do damage. He was just trying to, I'm trying to stay on top of him. I need I need air, which is okay. We say there's there's those moments in the fight. You got to find those places for you to grab a little rest, and that's what he was doing because he knew that you know he'd been pushed hard. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Like, uh, it, it it pains me to say this, but with a great performance and a win, it puts him right in that title talk again. But he's not beating Peter Young. No, it's just, and that's the, that's that's the only thing. I'm just like, damn. Like, you could look until you fix that cardio situation, because I think you can have some success with that leg kick against Peter Young, because because Peter is very heavy on the legs because of his boxing. He's very he box, you know, his boxing is his mainstay. He'll throw some kicks, he'll do some foot sweeps, all of those things. But if if Jose doesn't use his leg kicks against Peter Yan, he has no chance, none. And we saw that in the first fight when they fought. So, and he's got to he's got to fix the cardio situation. And I don't know if he can. Thirty five years old, fighting guys that are that fast, that active, and yeah. that and set that type of pace. I don't well, know if know, he can. We, we, it's a matter of it's it's kind of similar to like BJ Penn. It's there. There's nothing to fix. He he trains hard. He's just yeah. a fast twitch muscle fiber guy. And if he cannot control the pace of the fight, like he did with Font for a lot of it, you know, look at Font was able to push him in 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 a lot of sections of that fight, and that's why Aldo was getting pushed to the point of he's getting exhausted. And then he would he worked himself into or fell into positions where he was able to be in the top position on the ground and be able to you know, slow the fight down and get his heart rate back down. He wasn't able to do that when he fought Peter Yan. And he's not going to be able to control the pace against Peter Yan, even if he lands the leg kicks. Because Yan's going to be in his face and pressing and putting pressure on him, which makes you move, which makes you move backwards or laterally, which burns more energy. And when you've got someone that is putting pressure on you and landing shots, that just increases that drop in your cardio and he's yep. a fast twitch muscle fiber guy, so it's not like he's not in shape. It's just that he drops off the cliff faster than guys that you know are different. And and Jan doesn't have that problem in the same fashion. Yeah. Well, I fight. mean, I wish him nothing but the best. Who's ranked ahead of him, Dave? Oh, well, they're I, talking I about him against T.J. Dillashaw, and I think that's the right fight because you've got Jan and Sterling that should yeah. be fighting because you know Sterling's the I guess undisputed and Jan is the interim champion so they've got a fight and then you've got tj dillashaw sitting there i would say aldo should fight tj dillashaw what about sanhagen sanhagen's coming off the you know, the two losses but yeah but you got two guys coming off fights, of wins it is but yeah. you got one guy coming off a loss Corey sanhagen because he lost to Jan. you got aldo coming off a win you got tj dillashaw coming off a win yeah that's makes the sense. one you're right it does make sense. And then TJ come back after his knee surgery. Yep. I don't know how he's going to handle them fucking leg kicks. Ooh. Yeah. The hard one to come back on. A lot. All right, Dave. Well, hey, um, let's uh, get into what we have like something to talk about, some news. What do we got? Yep. So we'll just uh, give you guys a chance to just kind of uh, get a bit deeper into this Bantamweight tournament and then we'll okay. wrap up after that. All right. All right. Well, let's talk about the Bellator announced their... Bellator World or Bellator World Grand Prix. World Finals. Grand Prix. 
World Grand Prix. So World Grand Prix. For the for the bantamweight, the bantamweight World Grand Prix. Yabe. I should have said. Um, look, <laughs> I got I, I I had said something on air, and people were like, "Oh my God, Josh is such a homer." Blah <laughs> blah blah about these. I I just basically said I said like these guys in the 135 pound division. These are some of the best guys in the world. Okay. This this weight class is stacked all the way across the board. We just talked about Rob Font, Jose Aldo, and we talked about TJ Dillashaw. The UFC's you know, bantamweights are stacked. They're they're stacked as well. Yes, but and people were like, "Oh, well, these guys are not as good." You guys, <clears throat> the champ. I'm going to call him the champ because that's what he is. Is Peter Yawn? Okay, he has a loss to Magomed Magomedov. Magomed Magomedov has beaten him, and he's also lost to him. So they're one and one between each other. That being said, Rafian Stotts has beaten Magomed Magomedov. And I'm not doing MMA math. What I'm saying is that he beat Magomed Magomedov pretty handily. It was unanimous decision. There was never a moment where he was in jeopardy of losing that fight, Rafian Stotts. He's a stud. He's a better, he's a really damn good wrestler. He's got good hands. He's fast. He's athletic. He, he's explosive. He knows how to set the distance really well. He's going to be, and when I talk about all the other guys in this bracket, he's going to be a fucking problem. He's going to be a problem for all these guys. Like he, and you saw, if you guys watched the show at all, when he walked out, that confidence that he brings, that shit ain't going nowhere. Okay? That's the way he walks into the cage. That's the way he fights. That's the way he walks around in life. That's him. He loves what he's doing. He, I did the interview with him on there. He's got the Chico, you know, taco, hairy chest thing going on with the low-cut shirt, the gold chain. I mean, he, he, he can't be faced. He cannot be faced. So you've got him. Okay. Did you see James Gallagher, uh, Leandro did, did, Higo. No, stop. Did you see his, his uh, Instagram thing in the elevator with Patchy Mix and Juan Archuleta? No, I didn't see it. Oh, dude, he fucking. He's, is he's, is fucking, it on his? Yeah, yeah, it's on his thing. He says, I found him. I finally found him. They've been running from me. These guys. And he starts showing him. He goes, You can't run anymore, <laughs> man. That's just laughing. Oh, that's great. Laughing. Can you, Dave, can you pull that up? Rafael uh, Stotts. It dude, should the, be the, on. The dude is. Instagram. He's awesome. That's great. He is so funny and he's so goddamn good now. I want to see this. It's it's great. And it's in his elevator? It's in an elevator. Maybe it was on Twitter. Yeah. Might be on Maybe it was on Twitter. Yeah. Go, it might go have go been on his Twitter. story. You might have put it on his story too. Oh, he might have. Go to his. How recent would it have been, John? What's that? It was, it was recent. It was, it, was, it was. This was yeah, yesterday. Probably just go to his. It might have been on his story. Go to his story. Okay. That's funny. <clears throat> yeah, he's got that personality. There he is. On he's at the desk with me right there. This dude riding the. This dude riding <laughs> the bull. Riding the bull. <laughs> he's riding the bull. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no, that's not it. Uh, no. Yeah, no. That's nice. No. That's not it. He's at the airport. It looks oh, like he's at the airport, airport already. Nah. Oh, I see. Uh, dude, yeah, too bad. It might have been on. It might have been on Twitter. Huh? It might have been on Twitter. Look on Twitter. That's funny. <clears throat> Look, this guy. He's. Uh, he's just got energy. He's got the charisma. I like what he's doing. He's he's a good guy. But all these guys, they're all talented. You know, but I look at I look at the guys that are gonna have a hard time. Okay. James Gallagher's gonna have a hard time. Patchy Mix is gonna have a little bit of a hard time. Patchy Mix is damn good. James is damn good. We just saw the two of them fight. 
Mix came out on top, but it wasn't an easy fight like Patchy Mix thought. Okay, Juan Archuleta is going to have a really hard time as well because if he thinks he's fighting the same Patchy Mix there that he fought is. to win the title, that ain't happening. Let me see this thing. All right, hold on. I need to get the volume up. Guess who the fuck yo, I ran yo, into? Yo, Guess who the up? fuck I ran into? I've been looking for these dirty motherfuckers. I've been looking for these dirty motherfuckers everywhere. Can't find them. Can't fucking find them. That's where they've been hiding. We done found their ass. We done found their ass. You know his ass line. You know he ain't trying to fight no goddamn body. But there you go. We found his ass. Oh, I love this guy. He's great, I found man. Dirty, he, found these dirty uh, MFers, man. I love it. He knows. I, mean, I think he knows. Like, look, Patchy may have a hard time getting him down. That's one. And Patchy can't stand with him. But Patchy does get him to the ground. He's got a, got a damn good chance. Mick's got a chance to sub anybody. And, I mean, I've, I well, know, I've already heard all the stories of him training with guys that are way bigger than him. Him training with some of the Dagestani guys and doing really damn well with, with them as well. Mix is damn good. They're all good in their own, their own, what am I looking for, the word here? Their own world, their own style. In their own world, their own right, yeah, their own right. Like, they're all good in their own right. But he is the one, to me, he's the most well-rounded one out of all of them. He can wrestle the shit out of everyone. He can can stop takedowns. He can keep it on the feet with his speed. He, He will be a damn problem for all of them. He will be. And he's strong as hell, and he's actually big for the division. He's he's gonna be good. He's 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 what you're looking for though, because he's fun to watch, and he's got personality. You know? Yeah, that's that's what you're looking the, for, man. John, the one that I think though is gonna give him a problem though is gonna be Horiguchi. Horiguchi would give Horiguchi. him, I think, give them the most trouble. <clears throat> yep, you know it's gonna I give agree. him the most trouble. It's gonna be but that I'm, type of fight because. He, even though he does all these explosive, you know, movements and, but he's not someone that's going to do what Pettis did. And so <clears throat> he's not someone that's going to throw the head kick and the spinning back fist off of that. I, I haven't seen him throw anything like that. He's a very straight throw the jab, the one, two combination, throw the kick up, push kick up the middle, set up the takedowns. He puts it together like a traditional mixed martial artist. Pettis will pull the showtime out of his ass. Like we just saw, you know, um, so that, those are the guys that I think will have a chance to potentially catch like a Horiguchi. Horiguchi, because he is so fast, he does possess so much power. He is, you know, so he's got pretty good, pretty damn good wrestling as well as submissions. He's a threat, but in, only he will kick your ass like he did against Pettis for so for three rounds, three and a half rounds. But he's going to get caught by the stuff that Pettis threw. I don't see him getting caught by a traditional fighter. Someone who's very just straight, one, two, like he could, sure. But the likeliness of it is not as much as it say, like you have to pull something like a rabbit out of your ass to get him. Yeah, but if you're looking at all those guys in that tournament, take a look across the board there. There's one guy that has the speed to match up with Horiguchi. Rafion Stotts. Yeah. It's got speed, man. And so they match up very well as far as that speed. So, you know. You can take a look. You know, Leandro Higo, very strong. He's got power. Good speed. Not the same speed as Horiguchi or Stotts. Patchy Mix, big for the division. Yes. Great ground game. Doesn't have the speed of Horiguchi or Stotts. Juan Archuleta, great cardio. Great you know pace that he brings. Doesn't have the speed. 
you know, Sergio Pettis, who we saw, even him doesn't have the speed. And then Magomed or James Gallagher, they don't have the same speed. So they've got to make up to, if they're going to fight against either one of those guys, they've got to make up a way to negate that speed. And you know that's tough. That's why we always say speed kills. And it's tough to deal with when someone is faster than you. All right, so real quick, though, let me leave you guys with this. John, who, how do you match this up for a first-round fight? How do you match this up? Oh, my God. I, right, if I, I was going to match. paper here, John. Pen and paper. paper. I'm going to write it down. Well, see, I'm going to get myself in trouble because I'm, I'm not going to probably match it up the same as Bellator is going to match it up. Well, no, but, but I mean, like, you know, like if, if we were in Fantasyland, are we matching up the best guys that we can in the first round so we, we get the best fights we can in the first round? Are we matching up, like, one versus eight, two versus well, seven? You know, I think, like, I, see, how I, you would do it for, think, for Mark I, Madness? It's t- well, it's tough because you've got a champion in Pettis, and if you, you just were stuttered take a, a lot look. there, John, you just stuttered a lot. Uh, 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 uh. John, you were just stuttering a lot there, buddy. <laughs> if when you have a champion <laughs> in like, Pettis, uh, uh, you need uh, to stop, uh. dude. When you have a champion in Pettis, <laughs> I love you. is it fair for someone <laughs> yeah. who is one of the guys that's down the list as far as you know their placement? Is it fair that they get a shot at the champion? And I'm not too sure about that either. You know, it's it's a tough mm. one. But I would say if I was gonna if I was gonna bracket them up. I would do like Horiguchi against Gallagher. I would do. Um, you got to put Stotts and Pettis on opposite ends of the uh, the brackets. Yep. So okay. I would put Stotts against someone like Ego. I would put Magomed against Patchy. Stotts and then Ego. Can you put who Magomed? Yep. Against uh, mix, patchy mix. Nice. But that that leaves okay. that leaves Archuleta going back against uh, Pettis again. So that's probably not good because they've already fought. Yeah, but he <laughs> but Juan is number one. He is ranked number one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, because what happens is when you have Stotts and Pettis in there, you don't want them to fight until the finals if they have to fight in the finals, which they both have already agreed that they're going to fight in the finals if they both get there. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I actually, I actually agree with you on how you matched them up. The Stotts and Higo thing. I mean, I could see maybe switching it up, going Horiguchi and Higo and Stotts and Gallagher. Sure, I could see absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know, but then, but like you said, you still end up with Juan and Pettis, or you yeah, Juan, yeah, with Juan and Pettis. You know, in that mix. So, I mean, I could see how you could do it that way. You know, you go Pettis. Yeah, but I don't have a, Juan. I don't have a problem with putting Juan and Pettis together in <clears> the <throat> rematch. It's fine. Yeah, because it is champion and, and and the guy that right now rankings wise he's one he he deserves that shot. Give it to him. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I actually could see it going that way and just having the number one, number two guys fight, and then the rest of them. <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense. You have Horiguchi versus you know Horiguchi versus Gallagher. You got Stotts versus Higo, or you just flip flip those or, two, or flip those. You know. Yeah, you flip them. You go Stotts and uh, Stotts versus Gallagher, and and Gallagher versus Higo, yep. and then Magomed and Mix makes perfect sense. Because, I think that's you know a good one's one. an extremely good wrestler and one's all jujitsu. You know, and remember these are all five round fights because yeah. if the champion has to fight five rounds. The rest of them have to fight five rounds as well. And then you've got uh, Josh Hill, who's going to be the alternate. You know, and then I mean, I'm sure you'll have probably somebody else that'll be the alternate. There'll probably be another one just in case. Who should that be in your mind? <clears throat> Darren Caldwell. Thank you very much. I agree. 
Yeah. Darren Coleman. Exactly who I was going to say. Yeah. There's somebody that's ranked ahead of him right now. Jordan Lugo's ranked ahead of him. And yeah. Cass Bell, he's not ready for it. No. Neither one of those guys are should ready. Should be Darian. Yep. Should be Darian. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, Jornel Lugo. Who was the other guy that I like? Jalen Bates. I don't oh, know how Cass Bell is still. Yeah, he's, he's not, not ready, ready either. But I don't see, I don't know how. I don't know how he's ranked. I don't know how. I understand how Cass Bell is ranked ahead of Jalen Bates. Yeah, <clears throat> there's a lot. You got to move that Darian. I, I could yeah, say Darian about should rank, be the rankings with Bell. Yeah, our rankings. Well, the <laughs> media does our rankings. We we try not to be we, we try not to interfere with. I whine about them all the time. <clears throat> yes, so. we do. But the, All right, guys. Well, hey, hopefully you guys. It'll be fun. Go ahead. I said the hopefully you guys enjoy the show. Things going to be fun. Stop. It will be fun. <laughs> right, yeah, we're, we're, we've been stepping on each other. We can tell we're tired, man. Tired. We're not, we don't normally step on each other this much. We stepped on each other a lot today. That's not like us. We actually enjoy hearing each other talk. I don't know why. There's something about your voice. It kind of turns me off. All right. Woo. <laughs> Woo. All right. Well, hey, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash weighing in. Use the promo code. And still, and you guys can pick up one of our shirts there. We've got all of them still up there. They're still out there. And and Dave and I will be sitting down now that John and I are available to actually sit at home for a little bit. We've got a couple of weeks. We're going to be at home up until the middle of January, I think is what it sounds like. And once that happens, we're going to have some time to work on some new shirts. We're going to have some time to work on some new deals. We're going to have some time to work on, you know, uh, designing some new stuff for you guys. So hopefully you guys, we're going to try to put out a couple little new things, like new shows. Just here randomly, you know, something different for you guys to 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 uh, to get mixed up on instead of just going to the same stuff every single time. We're gonna try to have some fun during this this holiday season. So stick with us, bear with us. Hit the subscribe button down below on our YouTube channel as well as our, all of our audio platforms. I know you guys all have to work, but you guys are stuck in traffic during Christmas shopping. Pop us in, man. I have a lot of people hitting us up right now saying, "Man, Spotify, you're my, you're my number one." Send us your guys's list on your guys's number one podcast in your top five or whatever on Spotify. If we're in that top five, tag us, man. We'd love to repost it. Let everyone know who you guys listen to. We appreciate you guys uh, doing that. We've had a ton of people do that to us on Twitter and uh, Instagram. So I want to say thank you guys. All you guys that reached out to us, sent us here that we're your number one or you're in your, or for in your top five. We appreciate you guys a lot. We want to thank you for the support. And uh, John, what do you got? Last thing to everybody out there. I hope you have a very fine, fine, fine. December 5th coming up and a great week coming up and we will come back and see you later. So for everyone out there, we got a great guest coming up on Tuesday. Don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. There you go. Yes. I'm pumped for him, man. He's one of my favorite fighters of all time. All right. We will see everyone on Tuesday. Goodbye.